Hi, I'm Andrea. And I'm Claudia. And we are the Dutchie Crime Girls. Hello and welcome. Hello. You know what today is? What's today? Our 100th episode. Shut <laughs> up. 100 episodes, guys. 100. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's that insane. So crazy to me. And I just love doing it. <laughs> Time flies. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, 100 episodes. I cannot believe that we have hit that number. Yeah. Crazy. Because we just have fun every week. Every week. Forever. You and I have met and yeah. we just keep doing this and it's so fun. So, Gosh, we are so thankful for our listeners. Yeah, we are. And to kick off our 100th episode, we have a surprise for you all. A few, actually. Yeah. We are rolling out brand new merch. <gasps> Eek! <laughs> and they are the cutest designs. So we just want to give a shout out to Shannon, who is helping us. And you can find all this brand new merch on our Facebook and Instagram pages. We'll have links for you and on our website at judgycrimegirls.com. So run and celebrate with us. We actually had a little makeover with our logo. So you'll see that that has changed. Yeah. I hope you guys like it. That's so cute. Love it. And as part of our 100th episode celebration, we are also giving away two tickets to our live show on Saturday, April 1st. Now, in order to win, you will have to leave us a voicemail on our website with your favorite Judgy Crime Girls episode and why. We will choose a winner on March 10th, and we will play your voicemail on the episode that we record on the 13th. Yeah. So that's super exciting. So you'll need to leave us that voicemail and also leave a review on Apple or Spotify. Yeah. And then um, you'll be entered into a lottery to win. And if you haven't already, please run and get your tickets to the live show at the Bell Mansion. It's kind of like our birthday party slash anniversary party slash get together and drink party. <laughs> Just chilling with the girls party. <laughs> this yeah. is going to be so fun. Chase down some ghosts party. Yeah. I love it. It's going to be epic. So we've got the merch. We've got the ghosts. We've got the drinks. Definitely the drinks. Do we have snacks? We uh, do. I have cinnamon candy. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Spicing things up in here. Yeah. I see. I like those. Nice. Is this a German thing? No, because the first time I had them was here. In America. Where? At Pizza Hut? No, I think it was at some Halloween party I went to 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Listen, I do want to shout out one person real quick. We do have a faithful listener. I don't know your name, but you live 
in Douglas, Isle of Man. And I know I probably mentioned it before, but I had to look up where it was. And I just want to thank you for tuning in every week. This person is the only one that listens in their country. Yes. (laughs) And they listen every week. Every week. So we have 85 countries that listen to us. Mm -hmm. And this country is called Isle of Man. Okay. Hello, Isle of Man. I absolutely love it. I hope maybe you will leave us a voicemail and say hello. I would love nothing more. (laughs) Where is this country? It is between, I think it's between England and Ireland. Oh, that's funny. I would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from all of you. All of you, for sure. For sure. So what's our fact? I have the snack. This is gold. (laughs) So managers commit more criminal offenses than hourly employees do. I thought that was interesting. That made me a little sad because, you know, they're supposed to be trusted and Mm -hmm. a leader. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. Watch your manager. So what you got for us over there? Okay, I have the discotheque murders. Ooh. Okay, so people always ask me all the time, Claudia, what case got you into true crime? Well, this is the one that actually really started my obsession with true crime and specifically unsolved cases. So this case happened in my hometown and surrounding towns. From 1977 to 1986, seven women disappeared without a trace after visiting or coming from the disco, which we call club now, from the club, (laughs) (laughs) at the club. But back then, we call it disco, discotheque. So the disappearances of Anja Kielmann, Jutta Schneefus, Andrea Martens, Anja Beggers, Anke Schreckenbach, Christina Bohle, and Irene Wanke remain unsolved. And I also want to say that all these women are presumed dead or killed because no bodies were ever found except for one, uh, the body of Irene Warnke was found, but her murder remains unsolved. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So I vividly remember the last two cases that happened in 1986 very much. Uh, They would go to the same places I would hang out at just a year or two later. But knowing just a couple years before these girls went missing from this club, from this disco. And you hung out there. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of them were in the late 70s. I was too young. And by the time I hit the club scene, they were already, they were closed. They weren't there anymore or they had a different name. And it was just not my kind of crowd. So I never went there. But some of them I definitely did. So I want to tell you about that a little bit. Hey, please do. So obviously these cases are still open. And last year in 2022, the cold case unit took another look at these disappearances. 
and after Aktenzeichen XY. It's a kind of like an unsolved mysteries show. Yes, I remember that. It's like case file XY. So they aired another episode on the disco murders, and they received a little over 150 tips at the time, but none of them really were a hot lead. It was mostly women who were about the same age back then and also went to the same places, and they were mostly sharing their experiences and memories from that time. Some specifically named a couple guys, but nothing ever really came of it. Nobody was arrested. So when Kurt Werner Wichmann Wichmann was linked to the disappearance and murder of Birgit Meyer and the Gerda murders back in 2017, the police were trying to link the disco murders to Wickman since he was also from northern Germany. And we talked about Birgit Meyer and the Goethe murders in season two, episode mm-hmm. 26, called Did I Make Up a Word Again? So if you haven't listened to it, check it out. So, however, a link between these cases could not be established or found because when they found Birgit Meyer buried under concrete at Wickman's property, they also found over 400 belongings of women. So they were trying to maybe see if he had something to do with the disco murders. But no link established. And some of these women, I have a little bit more information than others. And that's only because there's just not a lot of information about that woman out there. And I will try to give you as much information as I can. And police is also not 100% sure if these women fell victim of a serial killer or not. But 16-year-old Anya Beggars was the first victim. Anya was born on May 4, 1961, and she lived with her parents on their farm in Midlam near Cuxhaven. On Friday, October 7, 1977, Anya actually wanted to stay home that night and go to bed early because she wasn't feeling well and she had a headache. But a short time later, one of her friends showed up at the house with his new car. He asked if Anya wanted to go for a drive and then maybe hit the mustache discotheque in Bremerhaven, which is my hometown. Well, Anya's parents were a bit surprised by the miraculous recovery because she wasn't feeling well. (laughs) And Anya got ready and left her parents' house around 9 p.m. The drive from Midlam to Bremerhaven is about 25 minutes. Around 10.30 p.m., Anya's friend, who picked her up, left the disco mustache with two other people to go to another club. Okay, and this is something we would do all the time, okay? I'd be out with my friends, and some of the clubs were pretty close together, so one or two of us would go to the other club to see maybe if it was busier and maybe if the guys were cuter mm-hmm. at the club next door. And then we would come back and report back like, eh, it's kind of dead over there or yeah, hell yeah, we're going over there. So that's what her friend and 
two of his friends did. So they left her at this club and went to another one. Around 11 p.m., Anya's friend came back to the mustache, but Anya was no longer there. So they were gone for about 30 minutes. Oh, that's not long. Mm -mm. And no one can really say whether Anya was approached by another man, if she talked to anybody else, whether she left to maybe also check out another club, or if she wanted to maybe hitchhike home, because this is another thing all have in common. They all kind of hitchhike or try to anyway. But this was the last time Anya would ever be seen. Her mom reported her daughter to the police as missing the same night, and the police took the missing persons report, but they were not really concerned or looking for Anya because another thing that had the highest priority in every police station in Germany, and that was the kidnapping of Hans Martin Schleier, and he was a Schleimer. (laughs) Schleimer? Yeah. Uh, Well, at the time, Schleier was president of the German Employers Association and a former SS officer. Well, they found him dead eventually. But anyway, they kind of brushed her mom off. Anya's mom couldn't wait around and took matters into her own hands. And she had posters printed and handed out the posters, hung them up and talked to everybody she could talk to. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it didn't do anything. Anya just disappeared without a trace. Or did she? Well, so on that show, Aktenzeichen XY, which aired first about this case about Anya in December of 1979, two years after she went missing. And it was reported on that show that an unknown person contacted the mother several times and pretended that Anya was still alive. And also a note that said, I need help and signed, Anya, was found by a kid at a gas station along the interstate, which I thought was weird. Whether this note actually came from Anya or not, or maybe the perpetrator, nobody can say with certainty, not then and not now. So I personally don't think it was Anya reaching out I don't think, I think it was probably just some sicko wanting the attention. Mm -hmm. So Angelika Kielman went missing next. 18-year-old Angelika lived in Cuxhaven, Zahlenburg. She worked at a pastry shop, my favorite. On the evening of June 7th, 1978, Angelika went to Die Börse, which is a bar slash restaurant in downtown Cuxhaven, and they have live music there on weekends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So around 11 p.m., she left the bar and made her way home, but Angelika never got there. <sighs> she, too, was reported missing the same night, and the police actually started looking for her right away. They searched for her. I mean, there were hundreds of people looking for her. And they even had a helicopter looking for her, but it didn't help. And the search was eventually called off. 
and there is still no trace of Angelica Kielman. I wish they would have walked with someone. It just makes me so sad to know. I know. They, I know. They went into the night just alone. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I know, but I used to do it all the time, and we wouldn't even think, you know, anything could happen to us. Yeah. At all. And I cannot believe that I did that. Like walking through farm fields, like dirt roads, there's just nobody around. I mean, it's crazy, the things I did. And then on May 16, 1979, 19-year-old kindergarten teacher Anke Streckenbach went missing. She was last seen around midnight, leaving the same bar in Cuxhaven as Angelika Kielmann did, die Börse. Police think she might have tried to hitchhike home and got in the car of a killer. Possibly. That's one theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I Honestly, I wish I could have found more information about Anka's life, but unfortunately, there was almost next to none there. So this is all I know about her. Andrea Martins was just 19 years old when she disappeared without a trace. She lived with her family in Bremerhaven, and on November 30th, 1980, Andrea went to see her U.S. soldier boyfriend in the Galstedt barracks. And I know exactly where this is because my ex-husband was stationed there. Oh my so God. I know the way to and from my town to there, like the back of my hands. So they really wanted to see each other that day, and uh, they spent a few nice hours together. And towards the evening, Andrea made her way home on foot and then by train. That was the plan. Police believe she also probably got into someone's car, and since leaving the army base, no one has ever seen or heard from her again. Oh, wow. And again, I wish there was more information about Andrea's life, but this is all I have. 16-year-old Christina Bole lived in Bremerhaven with her brother Michael and her mom Barbara. Her parents were separated, but Christina had a really good relationship with her father. She was a really good student, and in high school, Christina believed in God, and she was active in the youth group of the Pauluskirche. And I know this because we would go on day trips through this church all the time. (gasps) And yeah, this is, I mean, I know exactly where they were. So a few weeks before her disappearance, Christina had just returned from a church youth trip from the Netherlands. People say she was an open, self-confident, and cheeky girl, and she was popular amongst her friends. She was very, very well-liked, but she also loved punk music. Tina, as she was called by everyone, was ready literally to conquer the world. She was 16 years old. On Friday, August 13, 1982, Tina, her mom Barbara, and her brother Michael all went to the disco called Kasbah in Herstedt. They which, let you in at 16? Yes. Legal drinking age in Germany is 16. 
What? <laughs> no, when I would hit the clubs, if you were under 18, you were supposed to be out by midnight. And I'm saying this in quotation marks because nobody ever left at midnight. <laughs> so, yes, we we could go to clubs and bars and we could drink. That's crazy. Yeah. So Herstedt is about a 20-minute drive from Bremerhaven. I've never been to that disco or club, uh, but I do know where it is. And Tina had a huge crush on someone that she was planning on meeting there that night. So around midnight, her mom and her brother said goodbye and they went home. And I'm guessing Tina wasn't ready to go home yet. So witnesses last saw her around 2 a.m. in the garden of the discotheque. So when they say garden, it's probably the outdoor area where you could sit. Okay. Okay. And no one has seen or heard from Tina since. The police started the investigation right away and searched for her. But and they also knew right away that Tina had not voluntarily disappeared, like she didn't run away. And at the time, everything possible was done to find out what happened to Tina. But all efforts were pretty much, in, I mean, they were in vain. Christina remained missing. But a couple of weird things happened after Christina's disappearance. The family received phone calls all the time for weeks, but no one ever said anything. And then a postcard arrived from France from somebody unknown, and it read, best regards to Tina. Mm. So in 2013, 31 years after Tina's disappearance, she was officially declared dead by the Bremerhaven District Court. Jutta Schneefuss was 24 years old, and she lived in Lockstedt, and she hitchhiked on June 13, 1986, on the B6 from Stotel to Bremerhaven. And since then, she has disappeared. She left behind a five-year-old daughter. Oh. And I wish I would have found out more about Jutta. And then 19-year-old Irene Warnke was on her way on foot to the discotheque Momo in Bad Berakeza on the night of August 23, 1986. After that, nobody ever saw her again. She never made it to the club, and she was reported missing. The police initiated a large-scale search and a few days later, Irene's body was found lying in the ditch by police officers around 5.30 p.m. The body was recovered and sent to Hamburg for further investigations. And during the autopsy and the investigation at the crime scene, a possible scenario emerged. Irene was attacked and tried to escape and during the escape, she was hit on the head several times from behind with a heavy club. He then raped her. The police think he was disturbed because he pushed the unconscious Irene into a ditch, and she drowned face down in the mud. Oh, yeah, it's so sad. 
So he just tortured her there and then left her there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they think that maybe he heard people walking because I think it was near a town called Lintig. People walk there all the time, even in the middle of the night, uh, going going home from from the club Mm -hmm. and that he was disturbed and he just pushed her into the ditch. Wow, that's so sad. How awful. And it was probably cold? Mm, no, I mean, it was in August. Okay. 23rd. Yeah, no, it's it's still pretty nice. But if you have any information about either of these cases, you can call the Cuxhaven Police tip line at 0471-573-200, or you can send an email to xy at zdf as in frank dot de wow claudia what is crazy to me is that you know all these places it's your old stomping grounds yes and that's a lot of women mm-hmm. to just disappear over the course of how many years nine 77 to 86 mm. so they mapped out where everybody went missing from Mm-hmm. And up here, there there are other women missing or that ended up missing or dead, but the bodies were found and some guys were found and prosecuted for their murder. So does that make sense? There were more in that area. Yeah. But these seven are still unsolved. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. So the first time was in the 80s when I watched this particular TV show that showcases unsolved crimes. And and I just remember thinking, wow, you know, she's not much older than me, really, mm-hmm. just maybe two, three years older than me. And that just made me so sad. Well, yeah, because that's your hometown. That's yeah. your people, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's very scary when it hits home. Yeah, yeah, it did. But I can't say back then, I was scared. I just thought it was really, really sad. And just so I was so sad for the families too, not knowing what happened. Because I went by myself down the same way they went to go to the club. I was pretty dumb. (laughs) You weren't a judgy crime girl back then. No, I was not. But this is what really got me interested in true crime back then, because people ask me all the time. I could see why. I mean, that is a lot of disappearances. Mm -hmm. There were a total of 13, but six were solved. Yeah, that map, really, it's all over. Mm Mm-hmm. Very much spread out, the bodies. Yeah. I will post pictures. And yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Wow. I got a little emotional. It's always so interesting to hear, you know, cases from back where you're from. Mm -hmm. And they were some so young, just 16 years old. Wow. Well, thank you, Claudia. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. If you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave Claudia an amazing review on judgycrimegirls.com. Leave a review for all our episodes. Uh, (laughs) Stop. Because they're all great. No, thank you so much.
I really appreciate it. Well, you guys have a great week. Stay sassy. Stay judgy. And stay tuned in with us every Wednesday with the Judgy Crime Girls. Okay? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) We need like a cue card or something. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.